So I kind of knew what was going on in the, as far as like spiritually around me, but I just didn't really have much respect for God because I didn't know him. You know what I'm saying? I just knew about him. I knew some of the stuff he did, but I didn't have no personal relationship with God at all. This is Seven's Testimony, A Musician Story. Seven was born Marcus Adams on November 14th, 1981, in San Jose, California, but raised in Sacramento. Said I stay in the pole, your word, Jesus, you have the most lovely name I've ever heard. And I'll keep my mind on things. Some things above, yes I will I'll remain inside Sign your love because Lord I Give you my life, Lord in you You make me whole, you make me whole I give you my life, Lord, cause you are my safest place. He was the only child for most of his childhood until his younger brother and sister came along. For the extremely early part of his life, both of his parents were drug addicts. Then his father gave his life to Christ and his mother followed suit. From then on, he was raised in a strict Christian household. Marcus often got teased for being biracial, half black, and half white. White kids would call him derogatory names, and black kids would call him derogatory names. Moving around a lot didn't help his social life either. Young Marcus spent a lot of his time alone and with his dark thoughts. You make me whole quiet kid I was really um like to myself not really very social we moved around a lot so I didn't really develop a lot of social skills or have a lot of friends and stuff like that you know what I'm saying like and then my parents were like really traditionally religious and stuff so I had kind of like a different type of upbringing I didn't have a whole lot of friends you know what I'm saying I wasn't like a popular you know super popular kid or nothing like that um, when I was real little, I, I was I dealt with a lot of depression. 
issues as a child. I, I was very aware of it when I was younger. Um, I, I, I can remember times when I used to, you know, I used to think something was wrong with me. Like, why am I always sad? Or, you know, why, why would I, like, sometimes I just break down or I get angry. Like, I used to, like, hurt and kill animals and not really emotionally, you know, probably as stable as I should have been, you know. I don't even to this day know the fullness of why, because I don't really remember a lot of my childhood. I know that I went through some, you know, things um, as far as like some physical or, or um, sexual abuse as a little, little kid that might have caused me to like kind of block some things out or whatever. So my, my childhood is actually really like obscure. I don't know anything about denominations, so I wouldn't know the name of, like, what it was called or whatever, but, you know, they just were raised to, like, everything was the devil, you know what I'm saying? It was, like, really, really strict, you know, like, really strict with religion. And then I went to, I think I was in, like, second or third grade. I went to, like, a Christian school. I remember, like, back when the principal could, like, spank you with the Bible, you know? So my, you know, my relationship with church wasn't, like, oh, you know, just loving God and, and all of that. It was more just like rules and regulations type of thing. You know, that's, that was what I kind of saw from it. Not me, the God that relates to me and my struggles and my problems or, you know, uh, that really loved me or personally or anything. It was just kind of like, you know, here's this God everybody is saying all these great things about, but I don't really see him, you know. Kind of like looked at him like he was, he was a dad that wasn't there. After all of this, I thought that I'd be used to it. My neck don't look awkward in this noose, do it? What if I do do it? They'll just YouTube it. The highway to hell has a light. Guess I blew through it. As far as euphoria, I'm immune to it. I ain't gotta tell my story, made my wounds do it. Swimming in this evil like it's cool fluid. But I just wanna be regal, like the new Buick. Lord, is there a place for apparent waste? Share it. I heard you merit grace, so I stare at space. I'm scared to face these fears. If they felt my pain, they bleed tears for three years. And then what? One minute you popping in the industry, and then they mocking you and rocking with your enemy. Marcus recognized how important it was to have his father in his life. He was the only one of his homies to grow up in a two-parent household. So he honored and respected them for being present, but wasn't necessarily close to them because he wasn't trying to go the Christian route. He especially wasn't thinking about Christianity when the first kid who ever came up to him and asked him to be his friend, the same kid he became blood brothers with, died. You know, one of my best, closest little childhood friends, you know, he died. And that really is kind of like what really started like a downhill spiral for me just as far as like dealing with that and not really getting a lot of explanations or uh, um, different things. It was just like, you know, you blame God for stuff and he just fills your heart with hatred, you know what I'm saying, towards just life and a lot of things in general. And So it took me a long time to move away from that depression and that darkness, you know, and that loss upon loss upon loss upon loss, you know, living the life I was living, constantly dealing with funerals, dead homies, you know what I'm saying, all kind of stuff. It was just like, it just got worse and worse. You know, growing up in a religious house, I didn't say I grew up in a Christian neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? I knew just the house. You know, and and once again, when when the the house is not teaching me about necessarily the life outside of the house, so 
and and what I am learning ain't really working in these streets, you know, and then you go into school and you're seeing what you're seeing and everywhere you go. I mean, it's just, you know, there's issues and problems. You know, I remember being shot at by 30-year-old men, you know, when I was a 12-, 13-year-old kid. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, you got to, you know, it's, it's California, this gangland. You know what I'm saying? Back in the in the 80s and 90s, when it was for real. You know what I'm saying? So um, you kind of learn to survive, you know? And um, I was I went to school in a, in, in a neighborhood that was, you know, I mean, still is to this day, you know, is notorious for, you know, gang activity. And um, I was embraced, you know, I, I put my work down and, and, and they, they saw my value in that. And, you know, they embraced me and I got blessed in and, you know, um, I started rocking and, and, and doing my thing. And so uh, it was just, you know, wanting to be included. Like I said, man, was growing up, moving around, not having a lot of childhood friends. I didn't have a big family, didn't have uncles and cousins like a chicken. I had none of that. So it was basically when I stepped out of this house, I'm on my own. You know what I'm saying? And so I had to learn how to survive on my own in the street. Like what you're hearing so far? Check us out at TestimonyStories.com. TestimonyStories.com, where you can hear content for you and about you. Everyone has a testimony. Everyone has a testimony. And we want to hear yours. Tell us how God has transformed your life. Each month, we will select a person to highlight and interview. Find out more at TestimonyStories.com. Now back to Seven's Testimony, a Musician Story. Lord, I surrender. Lord, I sometimes, oh, yes. He lost his best friend when he was 13. Later, Seven got blessed into the Oak Park Gangsta Bloods. But eventually, he discovered what it meant to be blessed by the blood of Jesus. I knew the story of the gospel. You know, I did not understand it um, at all. Or, you know, I knew nothing of the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? But I knew the story of Christ, you know, and different things like that. So the thing about it is, is I was never blind to what stuff was. So and what I mean when I say that is, when I saw wrong, I saw sin. When I saw what people were calling luck, I knew was a blessing. Like, so I kind of knew what was going on in the, as far as like spiritually around me, but I just didn't really have much respect for God because I didn't know him. You know what I'm saying? I just knew about him. I knew some of the stuff he did, but I didn't have no personal relationship with God at all. So, um, and then as things kept going in my life, it was almost like he, he became a target. Like, I hated him. You know, I tried, I, I, I was trying to defy him and, and I actually got into, uh, on a very small scale, but I got into some devil worship type activity. You know, I would pray to Satan. I would open myself up purposely to getting high and, and trying to go to that dark side. I would pray that, that I would become more evil. You know what I'm saying? So I could do a better job for, you know, whatever I was supposed to be doing in certain situations and stuff. So I understood, like, the power of these things. And it wasn't until I was, like, about to turn 18 where I just kind of, everything kind of came to a head in my life. And I just had this moment of, like, super rebellion and anger towards God. 
you know, the whole Christian pressure from my family, and I denounced God, and I told my pops, you know, I wasn't, I didn't want any association with Christianity or God at all, you know, like, I, I wanted to just do me, you know what I'm saying, and um, I, I remember going into my room, and I cursed God, and all these different things, and I actually put a gun to my head, and uh, the Lord, that's, that's the day I met the Holy Spirit, because He fell on me, and I didn't know what it was, all I knew is my whole heart and perspective on God and life just changed in a moment. I always say it's crazy because, you know, on Friday I'm at school with a pistol and, and a sack of drugs. And then on, on uh, Monday, you know, I'm at school with a Bible and trying to tell the homies that if they want to sit with me at lunchtime, they got to they gotta read scripture. So bitter and so broken, my soul soaking in misery With no hope for the future though, cause I'm so focused on history Till one day someone cared enough to share just what you did for me I could quickly see how differently you act from the Christians I'm witnessing You live this thing called love while all of us are just so nitpicky You are righteousness, you gave your life for us, literally The thought that you're the one I hated sickens me It's a trip to me how quickly we fall into iniquity even though I acted wickedly, you still chose to sit with me. I'm the worst one on the court, Lord, but yet you still keep picking me. It now becomes so vividly clear that every test and every trial was predestined, and the outcome was your victory. Seven had always been a line pusher for what he believed in, so it wasn't hard for him to push God because he now knew how real God is. But his forthcoming years would teach him that simply having love for God wasn't enough. He had no one to disciple him, so he fell off track. I hope it makes us get it. Bear with me. Yeah, yeah, I sit here with this beer and this drink while I think and these tears many pour. I can't deal anymore. Many four on my hip, plenty stored in the clip. I'm so tortured and sick, feel like torch in a stick. Getting high just to fly far away, take a trip into space because I can't get a Feel safe, something's wrong with something strong Keeps on rising inside It's a beast and it eats me alive from inside And his eyes are so cold And he cries for my soul I reply, don't know why I am not in control Just a shell of myself I keep telling myself I'm okay But no way, if I was, I'd go pray and be healed But this feeling is killing me softly I'm awfully exhausted, I lost it I think that I'm lost in this drink I should talk to a shrink Cause I feel like my life has been tossed in the sink, come on. I know I should be reading the Bible, yeah. But instead, I'm bleeding this battle, yeah. The road's dark and my feet's on the throttle. Feeding my sorrow with each swallow, uh oh. I know I should be learning the scriptures, yeah. But I'm twisting up and burning this wisher, yeah. I'm hurting and I don't know why. Yeah. Feel free to blow my high. I didn't even know there was a track to stay on. You know, like like I said, I said I God touched me. I didn't I didn't say I was discipled or none of that. You know what I'm saying? So I, I there was so much I didn't even know. And then, you know, I, what ended up happening was uh, my my older brothers, my god brothers at the time, um, were in Christian music, and they knew I could rap. 
you know, at that time, everybody that knew me knew I, I, I was a lyricist and, you know, I had that gift and that talent or whatever. I just wasn't using it for God. So, so people that had been kind of like trying to tell me about God before or, or encourage me to come to the faith or whatever before, they were so excited when I got, you know, saved or whatever that they kind of blessed me into this whole Christian music thing real fast. You know, so I ended up fresh, like, right out of high school, like I'm going on tour, you know, all over the world, serving and, you know, being a roadie for, you know, people and just kind of learning the industry and touching a few stages, you know, at times and different things like that, but not not really ever being really biblically educated. Business wasn't going the way I wanted it to, you know, personal relationships got um, stretched and and, and strained, and uh, I ended up, you know... Uh, deciding to go, I had moved to the East Coast um, for the deal. I ended up deciding to come back home to the hood, and within two weeks, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in jail for drug trafficking. But the way people treated me in the process really left a stain as far as the church and religious people and people not answering my phone calls no more, just kind of backing up off of me. You know, it kind of made me look at a lot of people differently and, and even look at church differently. Testimony. Testimony, where Christian hip-hop artists give you an exclusive look into their lives and their music. Take a journey into the minds of today's top Christian hip-hop artists as they open up and share about their past, their faith, and their music in ways you've never heard before. Put on your favorite pair of headphones or turn the stereo volume up and listen. Yeah. What's my This is Southern, and you're listening to Testimony of the Musician Story. I got the dirty shovel to prove it, man. Yeah. I've been where you at, homie. I'm not far removed, you feel me? Only by the grace of God, bro. Real talk. Seven never seeked money, he seeked love. So being that ride-or-die dude who would do anything for the homie got him locked up. But it didn't just stop there. He continued to go off the rails. Seven never knew how to deal with pain. He watched his mom hurt herself when he was a kid, so he hurt himself. He started popping pills and OD'd to the point where he was paralyzed for a hot minute. He was participating in a tug of war. A God on one side and he on the other. God asked him to witness to a young man. But trying to avoid feeling like a hypocrite, he planned on getting himself straight and told the dude he would holler at him in three weeks. Around the same time, Seven was expecting twins. He got news that the baby's mama had been in a car accident and lost the twins. A couple hours later, he got a call that the dude he was supposed to witness to had died. Seven stopped tugging away from God and fell to his knees in an alley and submitted to God. And I'm hoping that my song is understood because they're unaware that you care and what you promise us is don't forsake us to make us see for who you are and we're so blind but there's no time for straying away too far You can't know Seven without knowing Hog Mob. 
Hog Mob came about in my quest to have a family again. You know, like I said, okay, I was a gang member, you know, and even though I still maintained my um, gang affiliation for well over a decade into my walk with Christ, like I didn't, I didn't walk, I walked away from the activity for the most part, you know, but I was also trying to like, okay, I don't relate to a lot of these dudes no more. You know, when I came to Christ, it wasn't like the homies came with me. You know, I came by myself. I, I, I need to, I need to get a family around me. Like, I don't want to be out here, you know, doing this on my own. So, um, and I wasn't really welcome in the church setting. So I actually started drawing from the street. And because I was always talking about Christ everywhere I went, you know, I would minister about God and I would tell people what God had did in my life. And then people who responded positively to that message, you know, I would uh, kind of recruit into this organization that I had put together. The brothers that had brought me into the music industry, they had a clique and it was called um, Hooked on God. And, you know, they sang and I rapped, and we were touring, and so I was always, you know, H-O-G, 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 everywhere we went, hooked on God, hooked on God. It was hog life, and so I didn't want to, you know, take that and run with it out of the disrespect, so I I kind of organized it, and I started talking, you know, and it was hooked on God. We, you know, I kept that because I was, you know, I am one of the original members. I mean, you know, I'm still cool with all them brothers to this day. I mean, everything's understood. There's nobody, you know, it's not like people feel like I robbed it or nothing like that. Um, I have the right to claim it because I put in the work to claim it. But then I also tagged on the, the MOB because at the time, you know, um, that, that, that Tupac thing, you know, it was still really alive and well. And being from the industry, it was always like money was the main thing that everybody was concerned about. The gospel and ministry being more important than money. So that's why it's ministry over business. Once again, I didn't know what I was doing. If you said you love God, like, dude, you could be a part of it type of thing. I mean, so there was, I mean, at one point, there was over a thousand of us. Probably only 10% of us were actually Christian. You know, I was nowhere near the man that I am today back then, you know, man of God. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I didn't understand about, you know, holiness. You know, it was the Holy Spirit was purging us. And, and over time, have I grown? You know, a uh, hog mob has grown because as the leader, when I see things that I, I get convicted of, it's like, okay, well, I bring that conviction into the organization. You know what I'm saying? So all my kind of grew with me. And as it grew with me closer to God, it also grew smaller. We actually organized the structure about maybe nine years ago um, and, and began to start different ministries from it and induct people who had different ministries into the umbrella. And now it's basically a global discipleship network. and um, it's just a huge Christian family that we have leadership, um, that, that we all head up different ministries all under one umbrella, and we all serve a different purpose. There's no competition ministries in Hog Mom, but we live like they did in Acts. Like, everything that I have is theirs. You know, everything that they have, I have access to. And we live as a straight community, and anybody who doesn't abide by that principle, living a life uh, pursuant of Christ, uh, gets removed. We are not record label by any means at all. We, um, what we are, we have rappers, like, you know, one of the probably most famous one that we have from Hog Mob is Bill. What we do is we disciple artists. I mean, that's even how, you know, Biz and I built our relationship. I was discipling him when he first came into the game, you know, um, just to make sure that cats, you know, if, that what happened to me doesn't happen to them. 
you know, that they're not thrown on the stage before they're ready to handle it. And that, you know, when they make mistakes, they do have, yes, you have accountability and yes, there's um, authority, but at the same time, there's grace and somebody to help you uh, walk that process of restoration out and, and come back into the fold stronger and, and step back into your position, you know, in a better place to lead and, and uh, not constantly um, just, you know, having your mistakes rubbed in your face and, and then it being expected to grow. Connect with testimony and musician story through social media. Find links to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more at testimonystories.com. Seven has always made honest music that reflected his life and his struggles. A life that has seen violence, addiction, loss, and hope. Hmm. The same themes that can be found in the Bible. Yet, from Jump, he has been condemned for making explicit music. Explicit for graphic and aggressive content, not for cursing. But the N-word can be found in some of his lyrics. This hardcore lyricist can also sing and play the piano. He has a worship album called All Wait, available for free. Last year, he signed with longtime homie and once pupil, Bizzle, and his God Over Money label. He dropped his first G.O.M. project entitled Purple Heart. Purple is known now, you know, um, Hog Mob, we adopted that color probably uh, six, seven years ago. As to dealing with identity, anytime you're dealing with a, a bunch of gang, ex-gang members, identity is going to be an issue. You know what I'm saying? Because we found our identity in certain things. So um, God kind of gave me that, that, that color as representing royalty and helping us kind of like to uh, put on this, this new identity that we're no longer gangsters, we're no longer hustlers, we're no longer these things. We're no longer sinners. You know, we're saints, and we're children of God, and we're children uh, of the King. So the purple just kind of helps us to keep that in mind and identify ourselves with that, you know, publicly and, you know, hold each other accountable to what that means. Um and, you know, obviously the heart is just, the, you know, having a passion for or, or a desire for, you know, and your heart is what, you know, kind of, it, it's what pumps blood, you know what I'm saying, the life through, through, through the body. This is what it looks like to have a, a heart after God. And I'm actually working on putting a curriculum together right now that deals with that. Because, you know, you look at the Bible and it says, okay, David had a purple heart. You know, David was a, was a man after God's own heart. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, this is the same dude who killed a homie 
to, to sleep with his wife. That's kind of what this album is about. It's like, yeah, I went through things. You know, yeah, we go through stuff. You know what I'm saying? But where is your heart at in light of God's truth? How do you respond to God's correction? You know what I'm saying? And different things like that. And then also, you know, in, in the military, they award the Purple Heart to people who have shown, you know, uh, valor on the field. And um, I don't know of a ministry that has gone through, not in not in gospel music, you know, I don't know of a ministry that's gone through what Hogmouth has gone through. And I'm not saying there, there isn't one. I'm just saying I don't know of one. You know, we're still here. You know what I'm saying? We, we're so we're so encouraged on this battlefield. Yeah, it sucks sometimes. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, we under fire. Yeah, you know, we've lost some people and, and we've had to keep it pushing and different things like that, you know, but we're still out here and, and we we try our best. We don't leave nobody behind. I always say, you know, you got to have a no matter what mentality. You don't ever draw a line. There is no line. You know, you take it. And even when you can't take it, then you take some more. That's kind of, you know, where, where the mentality of the album comes from. And people are going to hear that, you know, me talking about different struggles I had, not only where I've been, but also where I'm at right now and what it took for me to get here. It's Christ above everything, and in this ring every swing is a bolo. Because Jesus got me more creased up than a cholo. So bro, do not play me homo. By his blessing, I was yanked out of Lucifer's oppression. That's my YOLO. Used to take a zip on a trip all by my dolo. Today wonder how I'm making a band by going solo. Where I'm from, even though the powder is white, they call it cocoa. And if you're out of bounds, they get on your head just like a GoPro. Used to clap and squeeze out the stolo. I thank him for salvation. If I was Japanese, I'd tell him Domo. I was coming to America first to let my oats grow. Even though I put that semi to work, he made my soul glow. I'm from Sinner's Town, where daily the foe blow. And I've been around more KC than JoJo. About the father business, hang with us, you cannot stand around no more. You are not in Kansas now, Toto. YOLO, yanked out of Lucifer's oppression. Oh no, the Christians bring conviction to your sections. Thank you for listening to Testimony, a musician story. To hear this episode again, as well as past episodes, visit TestimonyStories.com. Until next time, I'm Brown, theory of the music lover constantly seeking positive music. He blacks out like when the breaker trips, snapping like the paparazzi's cameras when they taking flicks. But I liked him more when he was rapping on that gangster tonight.